This is another one of those shows that we're going to put up and we're going to take it down after 23 and a half hours because if we don't take it down, I know what's going to happen. Because we're exposing so many things, including the mainstream media and including all of SPF's buddies, what's going to happen is there's going to be so many complaints to YouTube that eventually they're going to give us a strike and maybe even take down the channel. But we're smarter than that. So in 23 and a half hours, we're going to take it down. So tell your friends to watch the show in the next 23 and a half hours because after that, it's gone. Fuck out of bed, bitch, go. Get up, get up, and then they got gold. Time to wake up, time to wake up, bitch, get up. Get up, get up, get up. Alrighty, wakey, wakey, rise and shine. It is Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to all the Americans that are watching this. Also, happy Thanksgiving to all of you. Uh, let me take this opportunity to say a big thank you and to say that I'm grateful and I'm thankful to the Banter fam and the Banter community. I feel like we've been through a lot in the last uh, in the last year since last Thanksgiving. It's been an incredible year. It's been a tough year. We've had some highs. We've had some lows. But we've stuck together and we've built uh, what I think is the most loyal community in the world. And um, I'm grateful. I'm thankful. I'm thankful to all of you. I'm thankful to the amazing team that we've got here at Banter, the, the, the family, the close family, Sheldon, Kyle, James, Fred, everyone else that helps power uh, this amazing ship. Uh, I'm thankful to all of you guys that watch, all the moderators that do this out of their um, chaos and everybody else uh, that do this voluntarily. Uh, Big thanks to all of you guys. So this is a special edition Thanksgiving show, but I thought if we didn't do a Thanksgiving show, it'd be crazy, especially in light of what's going on. Um, and as I said before, this is like the show that this is the kind of show that's going to live for like 24 hours because these shows, if you don't remove them within 24 hours, because you're exposing so many people, and today we're going to expose a lot of people and a lot of big organizations. And the problem is that because you expose them, they complain to YouTube. But we're smart because we know that YouTube take 24 hours to review all the complaints. So what do we do? We leave the show up for 24 hours and then for 23 and a half hours, and then we remove it. That's just how it works. Um, and we're going to have to carry on doing that until one day maybe Elon buys YouTube and lets us have freedom of, of expression without, um, without always worrying that you're going to get your channel taken down. Um, but we're going to do it. We're going to do it anyway. We decided we're going to do it. So let's quickly take a look at the markets. In fact, no, before that, if you're new to the channel, subscribe to this channel if, uh, and be part of the fam. And then next year when it's Thanksgiving, we can give thanks to you also. Um, I'm also going to be sharing something from our sponsors today, which is going to blow your mind. Um, someone says, stop being scared. Yeah, it's, it's easy for you to say. When you, um, when, you put, uh, uh, when you build a channel with 600,000 subscribers and it could get removed if you just say the wrong thing, then yeah, that's something to be scared about. But anyway, I'm going to do it anyway. In 23 and a half hours, I'm going to remove it and it's going to be as simple as that. Um, what's, what is he doing?
But what what do you what were you doing there, bro? I'm actually just eating. Ah, uh, well, eating. bon appetit, bon appetit. Um, hey, I found out today that I'm going to the World Cup soccer final with Bitget. Bitget, one of our sponsors, is taking me taking me to the World Cup soccer final. So thank you to Bitget. You guys are absolutely amazing. Love you guys. Um, all right, let's talk about the markets quickly. So come like this, like this, like this, like this. Subscribe. Let's get people here. Let's share this. Let's do whatever we're doing. Um, let's look at the market. So as Sheldon was was saying on the one hour time frame, Bitcoin's broken this little trend. He's thinking there's going to be a little bit of a pullback. This is one of the charts that I'm watching. I'm watching a couple of charts. So watching the Bitcoin chart, 16,500. Um, watching the Dixie. So the Dixie is now at 105, which is great. I'm waiting for the Dixie to break below the 104.5 level because I think that's a very critical level. Um Remember today, the U.S. markets are closed for Thanksgiving. And tomorrow, there's like a half day. It's like they trade until one o'clock. So um, there's not going to be much action on the U.S. markets. The other one which I'm watching is Litecoin because I think I'm going to take a short here. Carl, what do you think of the idea of shorting Litecoin? I just can't, can't see any reason why Litecoin should have gone from $58 to $80. I just can't see a reason. And when I can't see a fundamental reason, then for me, I go on to Bybit, I go on to 10x leverage, and I hit a short. That's what I do. Yeah, I mean, for me, the, my my two x, four x, and three x don't work, so it's, I, I go straight to ten x. Um, so yeah, that's that's another chart which I'm watching. This Solana chart is doing incredibly well given where Bitcoin is. I took a position yesterday, long at thirteen forty. I tried to increase the position at thirteen seventy five, but I missed it because my traders uh, were asleep when I wanted to take that position. Um, but I am looking to take a posi- a long position in in Sol. Why am I looking to take a long position? And so I just think that Sol's been hit too hard and the network is still working and the transactions are still going. We'll talk about that in a couple of secs. Um, the other thing that I'm watching is the Silvergate Bank. We'll talk about this, but what you can see where, 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 when it comes to Silvergate Bank is that if you go from August, Silvergate Bank is down 75%. This could be an opportunity. We'll talk about it. We don't usually talk about stocks. Today, we're going to talk about Silvergate Bank. The other one, which I think we're going to talk about is GMX doing phenomenally well. If you look at where it's come from, from the low uh, yesterday or two days ago, it is up uh, 20%. And so maybe there's an opportunity. I will talk about that opportunity. So there's lots of charts we're going to be talking about. The other chart that I want to be talking about is this chart over here, because I, I think it's a pretty cool chart. It's the, it's the most rational um, one that I've seen in a long time, but someone posted this chart over here, um, which was, I'll tell you who posted because we should credit them. Um, his name is Steven. He's got a blue tick. I think he paid $8 for his blue tick. Um, but you can see that it does feel awfully like that's where we are over there. Like if you look at, just, just looking at the overlay of the Wall Street cheat sheet, it does feel like we're here and we've just had another meltdown. And it does feel to me also like most of the the uh the bad is i mean how much worse can it get let genesis go under people have already priced the fact that genesis is going to go under people um are pricing the fact that dcg could go under i don't think so i'll talk to you in, in later on in the show why i don't think that dcg is going to go under so that's where we are those are the charts that i'm looking for someone says let's look at gns i agree with you we do hold gns we told you guys to buy gns at like i don't remember two dollars two dollars fifty it's now four dollars it's 392 it was 4.20 yesterday. I saw it at 4.23 yesterday. Uh, still very bullish about this one. I'm buying it on, on all the pullbacks. 
Um, cool. Let's get on with the rest of the stuff. So the first thing is yesterday we had the Fed FOMC meeting, uh, meeting minutes. So remember they met last month and then like two weeks after the meeting, they published the minutes. I don't know why they do it like that, but they do. Um, anyway, what did we see in the minutes? So this is the minutes that they published. Uh, there's a lot of garbage here. We don't, we're not going to talk about that. There are a couple of things that we want to talk about. The main thing of the, in the minutes is that a substantial majority of participants judged that a slowing in the pace of increases would likely be appropriate soon. Um, that's the first thing that we saw, um, which is which made all the headlines. Um, you can read it here as um, Ted Talks Macro highlighted. He said, the lags between monetary policy actions and behavior of economic activity and inflation and economic and financial developments, a number of participants observed as monetary policy approached a stance that was sufficiently restrictive to achieve the committee's goals, it would be appropriate to slow the pace uh, of increase in target range for the federal fund rates. And so now the probability of a 50 basis point rate hike when the Fed meet in December, on the 14th of December, is 80%, and a 75 basis point rate hike is about 19.4%. So all eyes are on, on the Fed. That sent the traditional markets flying. You saw that the Dixie came down. The NASDAQ yesterday was up again. It's now the futures, the December futures are 11, triple eight. Um, Sheldon was pointing out that if you take the futures and you, or you take the NASDAQ and you take it from the high, let's look see how far we are from the high to the low. Okay, oh no, we're 30% down on the NASDAQ, but he said on the stock market, 7%. Let's quickly look at the S&P 500 and see if that's if that's the chart that he was looking at. Because I think it's I think we're very far from the from the highs. Uh, we're twenty percent from the highs, sixteen or twenty percent from the highs. Um, yeah, so that's that's where we are from a macro point of view. Let's quickly talk about this chart over here. Let's talk about this chart over here. Um, this is the chart I want to speak to you guys about. So. There's a reason why I'm talking about this, and you'll see. This is one. Of, this is one of the things that. This is one of the reasons why we're going to have to remove this video at some point. Okay, so this is the chart of Silvergate Bank. Silvergate Bank is a bank which pivoted into crypto. Basically, it's a traditional bank which pivoted to become a very, very, very strong crypto bank, and it's very, very, very central to the adoption of crypto because it's one of the only banks in the world and specifically in the United States, which will bank crypto companies. And as a result, the majority of crypto companies actually bank using uh, Silvergate Bank. Coinbase, FTX, Circle, Bitstamp, Kraken, Gemini, Crypto.com, they all use uh, crypto uh, Silvergate Bank. And it's not only the exchanges, it's most crypto companies also use Silvergate Bank. And what they have is they have this thing called the Silvergate Exchange Network, which is an internal banking network that allows participants to execute instantaneous USDT payments 24-7, 365, which traditional banks don't allow them to do. That's Silvergate Bank. Now, Silvergate Bank, if you look at where it was um, in November, it was at, at $242. But if you look at where it was when before FTX collapsed, it was at $61. It's now trading at $28. It was trading at a low of about $23. Why am I telling you this? There's a couple of reasons why I'm telling you this. One, there could be an opportunity here. So I don't know how many of you invest in stocks, but there could be an opportunity to be investing in there. But that's, that's not the only thing here. First of all, they say that they didn't have much exposure to FTX. They said FTX was uh, their deposits 
Uh, FTX made up less than 10% of the deposits and they had no outstanding exposure or loans to, to FTX at all. That was the first thing they said. They also recently got um, uh, uh, subpoenaed around a $425 million transfers from to South American money launderers. So there's an accusation and now they've been subpoenaed uh, around $425 million dollars uh, transfers into into um, money laundering account and mark cohodes who came onto our show the other day on on spaces he posted this about a week ago so let's watch this and there's something else that that came to my attention on friday that i want to warn people about and it's a stock and it's called silvergate and it's symbol si and they're the financial so-called bank that allows all these transfers and things to happen and they have about 14 billion dollars with a b in deposits, and they're largely from these offshore entities, and get a load of this. They transfer last year $1 trillion between these offshore entities and customers. $1 trillion off a of $14 billion deposit base. And this name was brought to my attention by who I think is the best bank analyst on the planet, and that's Porter Collins of the big short fame. And he thinks they're in the process right now of having a run on the bank. And they put out some bogus press release on Friday saying that FTX was only a billion dollars of their deposits and they didn't have any loans to them. And the, and the stock went up after hours Friday. But as Porter said to me, it's a deposit story. It's not a loan story. If they lose all their depositors, there's going to be a run on the bank. And so it's, not, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not just FTX either. So, I mean, that, that's the whole point. Is no, it? it's, 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 it's not it's not FTX. They do business with the worst of the worst. And, and, and the crazy thing is these guys are so stupid at SI. Right. The CEO's son in law was the head of risk. So they figured out something was wrong. And, and before FTX went bankrupt, this is what they promoted. It says this is from their website. It says, life as a crypto firm can be divided up into before Silvergate and after Silvergate. It's hard to overstate how much it revolutionized banking for blockchain companies. And that was endorsed by Sam Bankman-Fried, founder and CEO of Alameda Research and FTX. So, nuts. so nuts. I, it's, 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 it's crazy. And they put this thing out saying it's only a billion dollars of deposits. Well, if there's a run on the bank and the U.S. government wakes up or the Treasury wakes up and they start kicking the tires of, of this bank, they're going to realize they have no KYC on right now, which is know your customer, or they have no AML on right now, which is anti-money laundering, because FTX is a criminal operation, cut and dried. And if they were doing all this business for FTX, look at what happened to all the banks that did business with Madoff and things like that. So this is serious ass shit. And, and the fact that they put out a press release on Friday to try to hype their garbagey ass stock, you know, real guys reached out to me and said, can you believe this? And I said, it's absolute dog shit. So I am short SI. I think SI is garbage and they need to be called out just like FTX needs to be called. out. So and that's Mark Hodes. And he's, he, I mean, look, he's a famous shorter. So you got to take it from where it comes. Um, and there may be truth to what he's saying, but in the event that it's that that's not the case, and there are a lot of people on Twitter that have come out and said, "Look, that's not the case." Um, this guy says he's um, uh, Cody's either dumb or deliberately trying to manipulate. And if you were short, you could be deliberately trying to manipulate. 
Silver, and he, he posts the financials, and it, it actually looks it, it looks pretty decent. Remember that this is the same bank that if you were depositing money into FTX, well, you couldn't deposit money into FTX. You had to deposit money into Alameda, you see? And you can see that their bank is actually Silvergate Bank. Like I said to you, it's, it's the majority... It, it, the majority of crypto companies use it. Anyway, long story short, um, uh, yeah, this is where the story turns yesterday. So yesterday, there was an announcement that Block One purchased a significant equity stake in Silvergate Capital Corporation, and not only uh, um, uh, Block One, but also the CEO, Brendan Bloomer. So Brendan Bloomer and Block One, for those of you who haven't been here for a long time, I'm going to tell you a good story about Brendan Bloomer and Block One. So this verse says, today, Block One and CEO Brendan Bloomer each find, filed a Schedule 13G with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission in connection with Block One's acquisition of 7.46% of Class A common stock in Silvergate Capital and, um, and 9.27% in uh, Brendan Bloomer board of Silvergate Capital. So let's talk about who Block One actually is. Block One were a company that raised over $4 billion for an ICO. And that ICO was EOS. And in 2017 or 20, 2016, 17, 18, the, the, the dates escaped me, but they raised $4 billion. No jokes. They raised $4 billion in a very, very, very long ICO. And when they raised the money, they raised the money to develop and support the EOS network. Okay? So what did they do? They built EOS, which was nothing. They built it. Building a blockchain is not very difficult. You don't need $4 billion for that. And then they were supposed to build the ecosystem. They were supposed to develop the ecosystem and the tools and give grants and, and build all the applications that were supposed to be built on EOS. And they never did this. And because token holders don't have a claim against the company, because tokens aren't securities, when you buy a token, you don't actually get any rights. What the token holders that actually paid the $4 billion because they wanted to support EOS don't have a claim against the company. But at the same time, Block One took $4 billion and they were supposed to help build the EOS ecosystem. But instead, they're using the funds to enrich themselves. They invested in an exchange called Bullish. They built an exchange called Bullish. Uh, now they're buying 9.3% of Silvergate Bank and 7.5% of Silvergate Bank. How does this help the EOS blockchain? It doesn't. And I'm not the only one who's seeing it. People have started to call these guys out and say um, uh, that they bought these things out and, you know, they built this bullish exchange. How does the bullish exchange help the EOS holders? And I think, you know, one of the things that has been very well hidden and, how, and, and, and the mainstream media has been very well hidden and I don't know, maybe even bought or manipulated, maybe allegations, can't be, can't be shirts, definitely, definitely, definitely allegations is how Block One managed to get away with raising $4 billion to develop, to develop EOS, didn't do anything, developed this thing called Voice, voice.com, which no one's ever used or heard of. They paid $30 million for the voice.com domain. I mean, these guys are crazy. And did nothing else with the $4 billion to support the EOS network. Built the network, did a couple of things. And then what did they do? they went and started to enrich themselves. How did they start to enrich themselves? Well, for one, they bought a, they built an exchange called Bullish. And it says here, um, 
Yeah, Block One has, has been attempting to go public via a nine billion uh, SPAC merger. It has not gone too well with multiple extensions determination date. In this, at the same time, Block One are earning revenue fees from uh, uh, bullish. So bullish paid Block One and its subsidiaries 8.8 .8 million and 3.9 million respectively for their management and administration. Um, meanwhile, bullish has been burning cash. Crazy. Um, I'm super surprised that there hasn't been a market backlash against Brendan Blumer and Block One. I did take him on. And at the time he kept saying, look, we want to support the token holders, but there's no way we can do it without it being a security. So what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to keep the $4 billion um, and enrich ourselves. So anyway, I think, look, it's my own opinion. I think these guys are probably as bad as SPF, if not worse than SPF. Um, they act as these, these good guys in, in the crypto space, but they took $4 billion of retail money um, and did nothing for EOS until eventually last year, the community took EOS over. And now Dan, Dan Larimer and, um, and Brendan Blumer and Block One are completely off the hook. And I have taken him on before and I'm happy to take him on again. And there's an open invitation for Brendan Blumer to come here live, but he won't come here live because he knows that if he comes here live, I'm going to expose him because he doesn't have the answers because he took $4 billion and instead of building EOS that he, he has committed in my mind, one of the biggest money heists that crypto has ever seen of $4 billion. And if we could get that $4 billion back into the right hands, we could use it to build the infrastructure. Anyway, Brendan, I know this is eventually going to get to you. Uh, and I know we have spoken before. Uh, and I'm going to say it again, that I think what you're doing is highly, highly, highly unethical. And I think that the media is focused right now on SPF, but they should be focused on you and what you guys are doing. Um, yeah, that's just, uh, that's, I'm sure Brendan's going to get, get rid of this. Anyway, um, there we go. Here's the, here's the headline. Here's the headline of uh, EOS was the world's most hyped blockchains and he's, the fans eventually had to take it back because block one just wasn't supporting it. So look, right now, there's a reason why, why we started this before my, before my rant, before my rant here. The reason why we started talking about this was because I think there's a big opportunity here in Silvergate Bank. I'm not going to say it's without risk, but to me, Silvergate Bank represents one of the core pieces of infrastructure that make blockchain work because it is the one place that you can onboard and offboard. And right now, if I look at it, it's down. It's 90% down from its highs. It's just broken a trend. So let me try and get you a better chart. I don't know if we can. I don't know if we can get a better chart here. So it's just started to tick up. You see, it's just started to tick up there. There's a whole lot of fight around it. Also, I saw, I mean, I'm, I don't know if this is, um, if this is going to convince you if, if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but Kathy Wood is buying um, Silvergate shares. So I think for me, if, you, if you're into shares, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a small position here uh, in Silvergate Bank, just because I think it is going to recover. And one day, it's going to be a, a darling of crypto. The downside, though, is that they do have these money laundering charges against them. And the fact that now Brendan Bloomer and Block One own 16% of the bank. And you know my thoughts about Brendan Bloomer uh, and, and what the guys have done. Interesting. I don't know if you saw this, but, but, but worth, worth watching this. I, today, I'm exposing a lot of shit. So, I mean, uh, interesting. I don't know if you guys watched this. This this Coinbase interview, this guy over here is Sam Trabuco. Tra Sam Trabuco was Sam Bankman-Fried's partner in Alameda Research and FTX. Listen to this interview. It gets super awkward. How, who are you redeeming it from? Are you redeeming it from Tether or Bitfinex? 
Uh, it's the Tether organization is who we're talking to. Are, are you using U.S.-based banks such as Citibank when, when you wire for to receive the Tether? Are you sending it through U.S. banks or are, are you using any anything other than Deltek? Uh, like the banks that we're using or the banks that we're, they're using? No, either or. I mean, I mean, the question was pretty clear. I mean, are you using non-U.S. banks to, or are you using U.S. banks to to purchase tether? Uh the. Sorry, I, I'm not sure I'm following your question. I mean, it's a fucking simple question. Are you using? Oh no, <laughs> Lawrence says mm. uh, God frozen uh, on. Oh wait, <laughs> back. You say wire your wire money to tether, right? To receive tether. You wire dollars. Yes, that's right. That's that's correct. Okay. Is is it? Are you using U.S. banks such as Citibank? Are you using who are? You, what bank are you using to wire the money to Tether? I'm not. Uh, I'm not Alameda is not going to disclose the bank that it's using. I mean, they could have used Silvergate Bank, but I mean, there were so many alarm bells around Sam Bankman-Fried and Trabuco. We, as an industry, should have picked it up, and we didn't because we were. We just. We didn't want to. We didn't want to. We didn't want to. Anyway, let's carry on. Let's go to the big story. And uh, I think the big story is one that everybody is talking about now and freaking out about. And, you know, the, the, we're going to talk about the story, but what's important is what's under the story. So the story is that after committing what we think was the biggest fraud in crypto history um, and one of the biggest financial frauds ever, I think, and collapsing the whole market. Someone is sitting in their $40 million, $40 million penthouse in the Bahamas, celebrating Thanksgiving, playing video games. And he says he will be speaking with Andrew Ross Sorkin at Deal Book Summit, which is run by the New York Times, next Wednesday. I mean, I really, really, really hope that Sam Bankman-Fried is not appearing in person because I think that if he goes and appears in person, he may actually get arrested. Or will he get arrested? That's the question. I don't know if he will get arrested because there were reports that the SEC, after FTX went down, the SEC came out and said that they were actually investing, they were actually investigating FTX. And if they were investing FTX, investigating FTX, why didn't they actually come up with something? Why didn't why did the FTX collapse before they came up with something? I think the answer is pretty simple. I think that when someone is donating 30, 40, 50 million dollars to Democrats and promises to continue to do so, and maybe even at one point said he was going to donate up to a billion dollars to Democrats. Okay, now again, I don't have anything against the Democrats. I don't have anything against the Democrats. I'm just saying the facts are that SBF donated a lot more money to the Democrats than he donated to any other party. Nothing against the actual Democrats. I want to show you this, though. And you can follow the story as much as you want. And if you don't like me for exposing this, and if, you're, if it doesn't suit your political agenda, then I urge you for two seconds to just try and think about this rationally and logically. I don't really care. I'm not, I don't vote in the, in the U.S. I, I couldn't really give a shit. But you've got to look at the facts for what they are. The SEC was investigating... And other authorities were investing in, investing in FTX before FTX went down. Nothing was done about it. Why was nothing done about it? Probably because if something was done about it, that would mean their biggest donor couldn't donate anymore. Sorry, their second biggest donor. 
because the biggest donor was actually George Soros. So do you want to, do you want to eliminate, do you want to investigate and get your second biggest donor into trouble and then not get the donations, specifically when you know that the race between the Republicans and the Democrats is, is, is so close? Obviously, you don't want to do that. And so who caught SBF? Who brought down FTX? We did. You and I. People looking at on-chain data, people DMing me and DMing BitBoy and showing us on-chain data of what FTX was doing. In fact, maybe I can find some of the early messages and show you some of the small accounts, very, very, very small accounts that were helping me uh, at the time and exposing FTX and SBF before it happened. Let me see if I can actually find these without revealing too many sources. Um, mm. Okay, I'm going to have to go back. It's, I mean, I, I didn't realize how many more messages. What, what date did FTX go down? Mm. I was getting messages from small accounts, and these small accounts were, 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 were correct. They were showing me how FTX, how FTX was, was, was printing more FTT tokens than, than the circulating supply and whatever else. So um, it wasn't the SEC that took them down. It was us. You and I that took it took them down. It was people like us who could read the on-chain data because on-chain data is transparent. And it wasn't the, the press. And in fact, the press here is, is completely bought by, F, by Sam Bankman-Fried and FTX. And that's blatant. So let's look at this. First of all, SBF confirms he's speaking at the New York Times Deal Book Summit. I believe that he's probably going to speak virtually. I hope to God that he's going to speak virtually. I can't imagine that he'd go and, and, and into the United States. If he does, that would be crazy. But it's very important to understand where is he speaking? So this is an event sponsored by the New York Times. Let's look at other people here that are speaking at this event. And let's look at where their political interests lie. So, I mean, I don't have to tell you, Eric Adams, big Democrat. Uh, Larry Fink, BlackRock, don't have to tell you wh where his, his thing. Uh, Zelensky, nothing against the Ukrainians. In fact, I gave money to Ukraine, but they're getting, they are big beneficiaries. Yellen, Zach, I mean, I don't have to tell you about um, where, where Zach's political interests lie. So you can kind of see that, you know, birds of a feather, it's a bunch of left-wing people around the New York Times. Um, and the person who's going to be interviewing him is, is Andrew Ross Sorkin. And Andrew Ross Sorkin, um, says there's going to be nothing out of bounds here. This is after um, Elon Musk said this, and he says, is this really happening, New York Times? Because he's now on a mission to call out all the bad, paid, bought out, dishonest media people, right? He says, Zach should pull out of this conference. He has an audience of billions. He doesn't need to give, to give an audience to... Uh, to, a, to, to a guy who stole billions. I think they should all pull out. I think Sam Bankman-Fried should pull out. In fact, I don't think he should pull out. I think he should go there. And I think he should, he should get arrested when he does go there. But it's not going to happen because you don't get arrested when you donate 40 and $50 million to political parties. That's not how it works. That's, that, that doesn't work like that. Instead, what you get is you get puff pieces written about you. Instead of the truth... Sam Bankman-Fried defrauded, ran a Ponzi scheme, destroyed, okay? He, he, you get puff pieces. Him, Caroline, more puff pieces. More puff pieces. Wall Street Journal. 
Sam Bankman-Fried's plan to save the world went down in flames. No, the headline is not Sam Bankman-Fried's plan to save the world went down in flames. Sam Bankman-Fried was never going to save the world. Sam Bankman-Fried was a criminal who was using your money at the exchange and committing fraud. And it is fraud. Here is the contract from FTX. It's all digital assets held in your account on the following basis. Title deed to your digital asset shall at all times remain with you and shall not be transferred to FTX trading. As the digital asset owner in your account, you shall bear all the risk of loss of the digital assets. FTX trading shall have no liability. This is clear. This is clear. He, 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 he was not allowed to use your, your funds. And he did. And that's fraud. And the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times are not talking about the fraud. Instead, they're talking about SBF's plans to face the world. And we can see that SBF bought the media. He gave grants to, here, let, let me give you a list. ProPublica, Vox, The Intercept, Semaphore, The Law and Justice Journal and Project, uh, a project many podcasts, okay? Yeah, here's an example. Today, FTX, a cryptocurrency exchange founded by Sam Bankman-Fried, filed for bankruptcy protection. Earlier this year, ProPublica signed a grant agreement with Build a Stronger Future Foundation funded by FTX to support our ongoing investigative work in the pandemic preparedness. We received the first tranche of $5 million, the remaining two-thirds of the grant due, respectively, by April 1 and 2023 and April 1, 2024. Probably aren't going to come in. But you can see here is proof that he was actually buying uh, uh, he was actually buying the media. Now, the media that he was buying um, say that he was an investor in Twitter. Elon Musk denies this. And then he asked him, well, how much of you does SPF actually own? And this is another media channel. And we went and dug up Semaphore. And you can see who are the investors in Semaphore. Gabriel Bankman-Fried, Sam Bankman-Fried, Seed Round, Seed Round Investors, in, in, in thing. So we now know that SBF was buying the media and it doesn't, he was buying all the media. While things were collapsing, Queen Caroline, the risk-loving 29-year-old, embroiled, embroiled, unfortunately embroiled in the FTX collapse. Shame. She was embroiled. I saw this. I mean, it's a good meme. It says, SBF needs to go to jail. The New York Times, best we can do is a paid speaking event. I mean, the memes are going to continue. Did he buy Fortune magazine as well? Probably, 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 probably. CZ had a, a classic, a classic comeback. He said, in the past, I almost never checked the speaker list before agreeing to speak at a conference. Going, going forward, I will have to. I will have to. And, and SBF was using the media narrative and driving a narrative in Washington that the reason why they need to give S uh, FTX and SBF unique licenses and unique power and control of the crypto space was because Binance was a Chinese company. And so CZ went on Bloomberg again, again. First of all, I think the U.S. national security concerns were, were rumors spread by FTX to try to push us out of the bid. There was, any, there was never any concerns about us 
participating in the bid or Binance US participating in the bid. So Binance US did participate in the Voyager bid. Um, there were no issues. Uh, Binance also acquired multiple companies in America with no issues. So um, Binance is not a Chinese company. Uh, we're not related to China at all. I have to repeat this many times just because I look Chinese, um, but I've been a Canadian for 30 years. So no issues there. Um, Binance US will make another bid for Voyager now, um, given the given FTX is no longer able to uh, follow through on that commitment. So we'll see how that we'll see how that. You see, so SBF was driving a narrative in the media and in Washington, in all these media outlets that he was buying, and you can see now that he was buying them. Um, so upset about this that that CZ was Chinese, and if if they give Binance these same powers. Um, uh, then, then it would be giving power to China. Now, look, thank God we got Elon Musk because Elon Musk is now, he's fighting the New York Times. He's fighting the New York Post. So there was a, a tweet saying, raise your hand if you think Elon Musk should make all, should make public all internal discussion about the decision to censor the New York Post on Hunter Biden's laptop before the 2020 elections in the interest of transparency. And he says, this is necessary to restore public trust. So there's going to be a whole lot of, of, of fireworks there. So I saw this, and I think that it's worth reading. I think it's fun. I think it's it, it's great to read. It's a, a tweet by a guy called Clown Basket, which I which I found today, and retweeted it and said, "Listen, before COVID totalitarianism, I I didn't really use Twitter, watch the news, watch sports, had never heard of Jordan Peterson or G Greenwald, which is uh, Glenn, 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 Glenn Greenwald or Thomas Hall." Trusted doctors, voted for Hillary, believed vaccines were safe, thought the constitution was bulletproof, didn't know what Rumble was, bought a lot of stuff from Amazon, thought Alex Jones, Glenn Beck, and Fox News were the right-wing extremism, had never heard of Klaus Schwab, thought Bill Gates was trying to do good, uh, thought the Democrats were a party of the working class, thought US elections were free and fair, figured at least some mainstream journalism uh, had integrity, would never have considered moving to a red state, could tolerate Hollywood and musicians, was indifferent to libertarianism, thought peer review was a good thing, figured everyone, but for a small disgusting minority, saw pedophilia as wrong, assumed everyone believed that Big Pharma could, could, never, be um, that Big Pharma could never be trusted, thought credentials meant something, believed parents. You should go read this tweet. You should go read this tweet. It goes on for a while, but it just gives you an idea of how the mainstream media have let us down. And what happened was COVID started to expose them. COVID started to expose them. But now we're seeing the extent of it. Had no idea how big bureaucracies has gotten. Figured the CIA was pro-America. Figured the FBI was largely incorruptible. Assumed the FDA was uncompromisable. We now know that's rubbish. Um, thought preppers were a bit much. Thought anti-vaxxers were weirdo. Now we read that anti-vaxxers, uh, that, that, that people that got their vaccine have a much higher chance of dying of COVID. Uh, assumed... Our culture valued kids. Um, yeah, I mean, all of this. But now the world's changing. He said, I'd never listened to a podcast. I now discovered Twitter. Um, thought that the phrase, what did you get? Where did you get this information from Twitter or Facebook was a slur. But things have changed now. Things have really, really, really changed now because now we're relying on Twitter because Twitter has more reliable news in the mainstream media. And I think the main thing here is to see that people like SBF, and there are many others, but we're talking about SBF now, have bought the media. Wall Street Journal, New York Times bought 
There's no other, there's no other uh, explanation. Wall Street Journal, New York Times, bought by political parties, political parties bought by their donors. You seen a bad article about George Soros? Nope. You seen a bad article about the drug companies? Not really. You seen a bad article about SBF? Nope. James, this, this video comes down in 23 and a half hours because I can tell you that everybody's going to complain about this video. And when they do, we're going to be... Uh, go, and, go and read that clown basket um, uh, uh, thing and then decide. All right, now, something very, very, very serious. Um, I'm going to plug a sponsor here. If you don't want to do what I'm going to tell you to do, good luck to you. If you do, if you do it, if you realize why I'm talking about it, I think you'll you'll get a shiver and you will do it. For months, I have said to you that if you are going to be in crypto, you need a VPN. And the reason why I said you need a VPN is because people collect your data when you interact with applications, centralized applications and decentralized applications. Every time your computer interacts with a application in on the web, the one thing that your computer transmits is your IP address. Your computer has a unique IP address. And every time you interact with an exchange, a decentralized exchange, a wallet, anything on the internet, you send them your IP address, right? So they know who you are. So for example, if you log into Binance, they know, or BitGet or Bybit or anyone, they know your IP address. And then if you go and log into any other site, they can correlate and say, hold on a second, whoa, whoa, that same IP address actually belongs to James or to Kyle because they know you logged into Binance, right? Now, yesterday, someone announced that Consensus, which is a company that was building the Ethereum protocol or building the ecosystem around the Ethereum protocol, announced a quick update to its privacy policy, a quick update to its privacy policy on November 23rd, including MetaMask, Infura, and more. When you use Infura as your default RPC, which you do in, in, in MetaMask, they will collect your IP address and your Ethereum wallet address when you send a transaction. Okay, this is here it is. I read it. It's true. Information collected by Infura when you use Infura as a default RPC, which by the way, you will do. You, you don't know this. Um, our products offered by Infura. Infura is da, 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 da. Infura will collect your IP address and your Ethereum wallet address. Now they know which Ethereum wallets are related to which IP address in your computer. Which means that if you think that you are surfing anonymously when you're playing with your MetaMask, let me give you a little piece of news. You're not, because they are collecting your IP address and there is a database with your computer IP address and all the transactions that you have been doing. They've been doing it for months. They're just telling you about it now. I know this because I've seen it. MetaMask tracking IP address consensus, the company owned MetaMask just updated its privacy policies to state that they are collecting your IP address and your ETH address every single time that you send a transaction. Okay, now, I'm, I'm going to say this again. You interact with an exchange and then you interact with your MetaMask. Both of them have now recorded your IP address. They start to correlate to IP addresses. Now you know, now they know that your MetaMask, which is not KYC, it is actually linked to a Binance account, which is KYC. What do the authorities do? They go to MetaMask, they get all your transactions, they go to Binance, they get all your transactions, they go to Binance, they say, Binance, do you recognize this IP address? Here's a subpoena. 
Binance have to now give them your IP address. Now they've linked every single transaction you've ever made to your name. Okay. You decide. They're not the only ones doing it. Every DeFi application is doing it. Every wallet is doing it, etc. You decide. Now I'm giving you a choice. You can either continue to surf like that or there's a referral link below. Use it. Don't use it. I don't care. Just go and get yourself a VPN. Okay? Because $3 a month and what you do is you mask less than $3 a month. You mask your IP address. So I'm going to show you how it works because a lot of people here don't understand how a VPN works. Um, here we go. That's NordVPN. I'm not going to sign in because if I do, it's going to switch us off. Okay. Right now, NordVPN notices that I'm in South Africa, but I can choose to be wherever I want to be. So usually when I'm broadcasting or when I'm making transactions or whatever else, I just click here or I click here. And every day when I log in, I log in from a different IP address. And that way, no one knows where I actually am. Okay? No one knows where I actually am. So listen, I've said it to you before a million times, protect your crypto against hacks, but now it's becoming a lot more serious because now MetaMask, which is a wallet that every single one of us will use, or hope you're all using MetaMask, is collecting your IP address data. Crazy. If, you're not, if that doesn't convince you to take out a fucking VPN now, I don't know what you're doing. Seriously, I don't know what you're doing. Anyway, let's, let's, move, let's move on. Do you agree with me? 100%, man. Privacy all day. But you got to bro. Every transaction, they're recording your IP address. For God's sake, they've told you this. If you're still transacting in crypto without a VPN, how dumb are you? You got to use a VPN. I don't know. I keep saying this thing. Keep saying it. Keep saying it. There is a link below. Yeah, let me show you the link because I know some people can't see the link. Okay. Um, hold on. Let me find the link for you guys. Yeah. And remember, the link's only going to be here um, for 23 and a half hours. Hold on. Let me find the link for you. Here we go. It's only going to be here for 23 and a half hours. Less than $3 a month. You click there. You sign. You support the channel. We give you thanks on Thanksgiving. You give us thanks on Thanksgiving. Everybody gives thanks to everyone on Thanksgiving. And you protect your crypto for less than $3 a month. Just do it. For God's sake. Just do it. Anyway, let's go. There's a few more news articles that I want to go through. One is uh, CZ put a billion dollars. I saw the transaction. A billion dollars into the fund. After six months, there's, we're thinking about setting aside a billion dollars first. And then um, if that's not enough, we can allocate more. Um, that's, and if that's too much, um, I think we're roughly uh, angling for six months. If after six months, there's unused uh, funds still left and there's not that many projects, hopefully the industry would have recovered by then. Um, uh, if they're, they're still unused on, on funds, we can we can withdraw it back. Uh, that's kind of the rough thinking about it. Uh, a blog post will go out with, with some more details today. So, okay, so that's at the CZ, the billion dollars is in, and that's going to be used to bail out a whole lot of people. I saw this tweet from BitBoy. He says uh, he's taking on Kevin O'Leary. He says, if he, I'll tell you what, Kevin, if I'm defaming you and you and Sam never had a conversation about a coordinated planned attack on Celsius, then sue me. It's a simple defamation suit. File it. BitBoy is very convinced that the guys are not going to do it because in the process of discovery, which is a process in the US where you have to hand over all documents, um, uh, he, he thinks that, S that, that Kevin O'Leary will have to hand over documents around conversations with FBF 
around taking down Celsius. Um, we have a hacker who's moved 10,000 Bitcoin today, seven-year-old Bitcoin, one hacker. They, and they sent 65 of those to hit BTC. Um, just so you know, just so that you're aware, it could be some setting pressure. GMX holders, you can see that the whales, the GMX whales are just accumulating and accumulating and accumulating tokens. So I don't know if it's a good sign. I think it's a good sign. I'm accumulating GMX. Anytime it goes under $40, uh, I'm accumulating. Let's see, is there anything else that, I, that is really important that we should talk about today? No, we'll talk about that next time. Um, yeah, people talking about your IP, your IP address along with your Ethereum wallet address. You've got, you've got to be super careful here. Um, yeah, got to be super, super, super careful. Yeah, got to be super careful. Um, remember we spoke about, hold on a sec, let me just see if I can find this. Yeah, remember we, uh, I want to I wanna talk about this tweet. In fact, before I talk about this tweet, remember I spoke about our new show sponsor, which is BitCasino. And I said that if you guys open an account, um, and play live um, uh, if you, and play, you don't have to play. If you just opened an account and deposit money, you would get $1,000 deposited into your account. So we have the winner um, of the first $1,000. The winner of the first $1,000 is, name is A-C-E-N. That's the name of the account. You have got $1,000 in your account. Go and check your account. You've got $1,000 in your account. While we are here, I think I'm going to play one hand of blackjack. Seriously, it's going to be one hand. Seriously. One hand. And I'm going to go through the tweet with you guys um, around my views. Um, okay, I have to wait for the next. I have to wait. It's quite cool how they do it because it's actually, it's actually a real game being played in real time. So you see, she's actually, you actually. Welcome to the Seat number. You see, she's, she's actually really. Okay, hurry up, lady. I need to bet and go. 15, 16. Come on, lady. I've got, I've got stuff to talk about. Okay. Okay, I want to place my bet. Okay, I place $10. Well, let's go to place your bets. Hit me, lady. Circles, thank you. Six. Anyway, these are new sponsors. Um, I'm not telling anyone to gamble, but if you are going to go and check it out, okay, 10's not bad. 10's not bad. Let's take a card. Number one. 10. 10, I'm taking a card, woman. Hey, don't turn, thank you. 20. 20, a stick. Come on, lady. Double. She's the guy's brave. 21, well done. 17, no card. No card and 17, obviously not. No, 15 must take a card. Hit, of course hit. And 15 should have taken a card. Would you like to stand on 19? Yes, you would like to stand on 19 and thank you. Okay, Okay, that means you have to, you have to reshuffle after this, but okay, let's carry on. We have got Come on, lady, I don't have all day. It will be the last round with this show. 
And bingo. Thank you very much, lady. Okay, so that's our new sponsor. You know about them. I'm not telling anyone to go and gamble, but if you want to check them out, go and check them out. We're also going to start doing, uh, they've got a, an arm that does World Cup sport betting. We're going to be doing, um, we're going to be doing, uh, uh, having some fun. Small bets, $5, $10 per game, just for fun. Um, okay, let's look at this tweet over here. I did say this. Uh, I know it's probably an unpopular opinion. It's, um, it is, I said that the DCG Genesis bailout will be the catalyst for the next trade run. I suspect the funding will come from TradeFi. It's a hunch that I've got. I don't have any inside information. I don't have any inside information. But what I think is going to happen is I think that someone like a BlackRock or a Fidelity is going to bail out DCG and Genesis and everything. And the reason why that is is because whoever bails them out from a TradFi point of view gets a whole lot of crypto infrastructure, but probably also has much better relationships with the regulators. So if, like, think about if a BlackRock were to bail out DCG, now all of a sudden you've got you know, BlackRock fighting for us and not just um, a thing, not just a, a, a crypto fighting crypto battle, but you've got a, a BlackRock, et cetera. So I think that's what's going to happen. Let's see how the movie plays out. Um, as I said, someone says, yeah, I'm not telling you to gamble, but they are a sponsor. We have to respect our sponsors. Um, there are people that do gamble. If you do gamble, good luck. There's a link below. Sign up with a link below. We can uh, top up your account with $1,000. If you're one of them, we have topped up. We have topped up. Um, ACEN is the guy's account with a thousand dollars. I don't know. Next week, we're going to do the same. So, yeah. All righty. Um, happy Thanksgiving again. I know we weren't going to do a show today, but I just had to vent. I'll see you guys again tomorrow. Tomorrow, there's a banter. Um, yeah, I'll see you guys again tomorrow. Tonight is the banter year end party. So, when we come here tomorrow, we may not be as fresh as Daisy is. You know, Kyle's not, Kyle's, not, Kyle's not doing a show. Good boy, good boy, good boy. Because he knows what condition he's going to be in. James, 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 just switch your camera on. We need to talk. James? I'm not technically here. Switch your camera on so we can see you. It's not nice that I have to talk to an avatar. How are you feeling this week, bro? Fine. 100%? No, not really like 60%. Why? Where's the other 40? <laughs> I left it at the festival. Oh, uh, you went to a festival on the weekend. I caught a big one, yeah. And, you, and you're here four days later with the come down. It's unacceptable, I know. Yeah. It seems to be the case, though. <laughs> you know, uh, James, what's the story about you appearing as a stripper on one of Sheldon's videos? Allegedly. Week? Allegedly, I was offered. You offered to appear would as you a advise that I Would you advise that I take it? Come on, no comment. Let the, let the guys in the comment talk about it. <laughs> all right, guys, listen. Love you all madly. We all love James madly as well. Um, who played with Ryan's camera? What's wrong with my camera? Oh, because you see, I'm supposed to be more central like that. <laughs> like that. All right, see you guys again tomorrow. Hopefully, if I make it through the banter, year in party alive. Happy Thanksgiving. Love you guys. Uh, grateful for you guys. I guess that's it. Trade well, my friends. Shop, stop the shop, stop, stop, stop. I've got a 10x Survivor account. I said.
I said I'm going to 10x Bybit accounts, right? So if you don't have a Bybit account, if you do have a Bybit account with our referral link, you we could 10x your account. Uh, if you don't, you should get one, deposit money, and then I could 10x your account. I'm going to 10x an account right now just because I promised, and it's Thanksgiving. And some someone is going to get 10 times the amount of money in the account. I have to find the, the spreadsheet on, on my on my desktop. And my desktop today. Here we go. Okay, I have the sheet. Voila. Here is the sheet. Uh, banter users with account balances. The first thing is I'm gonna hide the account balances because then you, you could accuse us of all right, who wants their Bybit account 10 next? Dun, da, da, da. No, let's, let's go to account number 10,000. Let's go to account number 10,000. Okay, so 10,000. Account number 10,000 in the sheet. Here we go. I'm going to 10x this account up to $10,000. Cannot be more than $10,000. I'm going to 10x this account. And I'm going to 10x this account because it's Thanksgiving. Now the question is, how much money do these people have in their accounts? How much money do these people have in their accounts? Let's have a look. Oh, well, what did I do here? Hold on. Okay, let's unhide, 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 um, unhide. I have to go all the way back down to 10,000. Let's see how much money they had in their accounts. Uh, there we go. There we go. Here it is. 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 Uh, $21. You get $210, $136, you get $1,360, and $294, you get $2,940. Uh, let's quickly go through the trading competition. So this is where we stand. Remember, the trading competition ends at the end of November. This is where, where the winners are. 900. I mean, these guys are doing well. I blew up my account when FTX collapsed, and I haven't paid attention since. On the BitGet, um, uh, okay, I don't, remember, we are playing in this BitKit competition, but from Monday, I'm going to start trading. Anyway, listen, see you guys again tomorrow. Until then, trade well, have fun. I've got to go. The show has been an hour. Bye. Someone says 10x my one inch account. <laughs>